Yikes. It's, he looks like somebody. I everybody with. with the that Twitter icon, uh, it, like, no. Is it someone who, like, designed for, for their team or some shit? What do you mean? Like no, some like in-house designer or whatnot made a bunch of them for No, not even. No, it was just like an avatar thing for a while. It's like, make yourself a cartoon. Oh, It was yeah. like pre-Bitmoji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, welcome to I Need an Adult, where growing down is not an option. I'm Kat. I'm Cher. And I'm Alex. And on today's show, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. <laughs> it's like the in a minor key. <laughs> exactly. It's the sad air horn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we had asked a few of our listeners about what they thought about imposter syndrome or if they feel imposter syndrome. And we got a couple of responses. Yeah, uh, most of them were the same in that it, it's how do I stop having it? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like clearly it's not somebody any no one likes it. Right. So we uh, Joe wrote in and how do I stop having imposter syndrome? I've been working on my PhD for six years and still feel like a total fraud. Feel you, man. Uh, Kyle said. How do I make it go away? Alternative, alternatively, what specifically do you do to cope with it? And Katie asks, uh, how do you deal with impos- imposter syndrome that stems from graduating and suddenly being out in the world? Oof. And Yeah, right? My favorite from Chris is, is imposter syndrome new to our generation? I like that one I was just wondering that. Mm-hmm. So uh, what should we tackle first? I think we talk about the PhD candidate. Yes, uh, because I think all of us have worked in our fields now. For, I don't want to say, oh, God, I, I mean, I've had my same job for four years, and I still feel like I'm going to be fired every single day. <laughs> yeah, um, I work for myself currently, and um, I can't fire myself, but sometimes I want to cry <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, and sometimes I feel like, um working for yourself who the fuck do you think you are so um that's imposter syndrome in a nutshell it's like how dare you think that you can work for yourself that you have whatever expertise is good enough to do this so uh yeah imposter syndrome is very real and i get that entirely i've been doing this what i'm doing specifically working for myself um it's about a year now but in the expertise that i've been doing it for five years and I don't know. I I mean, I'm better now in the fact that I don't have imposter syndrome from having imposter syndrome. <laughs> so um, <laughs> um, I'm um, I'm I'm getting closer and closer out of that hole. That is that um, feeling like you aren't enough to call yourself an expert or feel that you can quote unquote perpetrate as being somebody who is an expert in your field. It's it's hard. What about you guys? I mean, should we, I think we should each define what imposter syndrome means to us. Sure. Um, Because I decided to go on Wikipedia. And and that is the recipe of any bad decision making. (laughs) That's going on Wikipedia. Uh, Well, no, no. I mean, it's the same. This, this, uh, what's interesting to me is they list signs and sy- symptoms. Okay. So for me, imposter syndrome just means I'm a fraud and people are going to find out that I'm terrible 
at what uh, I, I'm supposedly doing that people think is, is good or <laughs> effective. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I think that it's partially a, a cultural thing and also part of my own uh, neuroses and anxiety. And I'm, I don't know. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. Um, but do, can I read some of the signs and symptoms? Sure. Like yeah. this is, this is crazy. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> signs and symptoms, uh, imposter, ex- ex- imposter experience can, uh, take form differently for everyone. Here are common signs. Uh, perfectionism, overworking, undermining your achievements, fear of failure, discounting praise, um, which are all things that like literally, so we, we recently had performance reviews at work and I'm like, Hey, it's me. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like if I ever had a Tinder profile, that'd be my profile. (laughs) Like that's me to a T. It's Mm -hmm. kind of horrible. Kat, are you a perfectionist? Um, If I really get into the zone, I can be. Like, if it's, like, something that has to be particularly detailed and lines have to be even. But otherwise, I'm like, uh, live and let live. Oh, that's beautiful. I am type A to a painful degree. Um, I need everything to be perfect at all times. And I, I hate and I hate that I want that so much. I wish I had less standards. <laughs> I wish I had, like, and, and, I, and it's only like that for me. For anybody else in my life, I'm kind of like, you're fine. You're perfect. But it's me who's always like, you are a evil gremlin. Why do you expect anything better from yourself? So um, I feel like as far as tackling that, those descriptors that you were mentioning, Alex, like, how do you, how do you feel about imposter syndrome? What's your take on it? So my hot take uh, <laughs> is... Ah, like that's that's the thing i i I feel like there's imposter inception going on i i feel like i have no no authority to talk about imposter syndrome because i feel like i have it so how (laughs) who am i to say like yeah i know uh, uh, uh. um and which is funny too because i really um have been trying to get better at accepting compliments as well as giving out compliments because I often think them in my head and I feel too embarrassed or too like I don't know you guys know me I I, I don't like making eye contact and I don't like (laughs) saying words except on podcasts um so I've been trying to be really this this is going to sound very silly but I am trying to be more of a human being like if uh aliens came to earth and they were like uh, oh, I feel like they would look at me and be like, I have imposter syndrome for humaning. If, if aliens came to the earth, they'd be like, oh, what's this? Um, but I hope that now, at, or at least in the future, they'll be like, ah, yes, that's a well-adjusted person. I don't expect this to happen soon, but I don't know. We're all trying. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I'm trying to accept compliments better, more too. And I remember someone had told me once that, a compliment, someone's giving you a compliment, it's a gift. Like someone's giving you a gift. And when mm-hmm. you are not accepting their compliment, i.e. their gift, it's like you're rejecting them. So like it's, a, it's part of a kind, it's part of an, um, extending the kindness to somebody when you accept a compliment. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. for you, but it's also for them because they are expressing themselves in a way through a compliment. So, you know, don't, don't extend 
or rather don't react to a pleasant, positive emotion with a negative emotion, essentially. Right, exactly. And I'm trying to get better at that, you know, taking compliments, accepting them, like, thank you, thank you so much. Being humble, not being humble, but um, appreciating the kindness they're giving me through through a compliment, but it's also so hard to not say anything <laughs> so i'm like but i'm not sure if i deserve that compliment that gift you're giving me and that's what i'm constantly combating for it's not so much lack of compliments but it's the way that i'm responding to them it's what my issue really comes down to that's like so interesting to me because like i one of the greatest that gifts undergrad gave me was just like a ton of confidence so like now <laughs> when i get compli or like since i've was probably like 20 when I would get compliments. I'm like, uh, thank you. But inside my head, I'm like, duh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. This is amazing. It's like, yeah, I wish the, I'm trying to like wrap my brain. I'm like who hurt me? Right. <laughs> like, what, what, what happened here? What scarring am I like repressing that I cannot take a compliment? Um, so, I don't know. so then I think you are the best qualified to answer, mm-hmm. uh, the question from Katie, mm-hmm. uh, how do you deal with imposter syndrome that stems from graduating and suddenly being out in the world? Because it seems like you were like, yeah, fuck me. I'm awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah. The world really knows how to destroy your confidence is what I learned after undergrad. Uh, now I feel like I don't know how to answer this question. But I think that like there always has to be some part within you despite all like external stimulation like mm-hmm. I don't know the word I'm looking for but sure. like there has to be that part of you within you like that internal monologue like make sure it's at least 50% positive like I, if everyone's internal mo- monologue is ugh, uh, really rough but like try to make half of the things that you say to yourself in your head a good thing and and like ask for feedback like find in the real world take this opportunity to like find mentors and mm-hmm. ask for feedback and like start building your confidence because i just feel that like imposter syndrome is just like not it's just like you feel like you you i don't uh, so many people that i meet with imposter syndrome don't are not imposters whatsoever they're actually really great at their job mm-hmm. and like they're really smart people and you know no matter how many times you tell them they're it's in one ear and out the other and so like overcoming imposter syndrome is just like it has to come from within because that uh, such a cliche but it's true because like no matter what if you don't believe it it doesn't matter how many people tell you the like Barack Obama can walk up to you and pay you the greatest compliment when you're gonna be like so Wait, true. what are you doing here, Barack Obama? But like, then <laughs> you know, be like, oh my God, <laughs> Barry's in the studio. What's going on? You like our podcast? I'm not sure about it, but thanks. Aww, but it's like, you just don't like people who you admire and think are cool. Like, they could tell you just spectacular things about yourself, but it doesn't mean you'll believe it or accept it. You know what? I I just realized that a good way that I've gotten over. Um, not like imposter syndrome as a whole, but uh, the way I've been able to accept compliments um, 
is with constructive criticism because when someone gives constructive criticism, I know that they're not just bullshitting me because they like my work. Um, even if it's like the tiniest thing of like, Hey, you could improve, you know, you've really got to get some noise reduction on this. Oh, you like, you need to plan better for this. Like stuff like that, where it's like, I, a person's like, yes, I value your work and your talent is wonderful. Here is how you can improve. I find that like trying to get folks that you admire to really come down on you with constructive criticism is hard. It might be really hard for you, but it's also really hard for the other person. Um, And that's also something I've tried to get better at because again, I feel like I'm not qualified to give anybody uh, any sort of constructive criticism, but when it's asked of me, I try my best. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. So, like, I remember when I was young, I think, like, like similar to Catherine, I had a lot of confidence, and then something happened in between, like, the last two years of college and then, like, the real world. And before, I thought maybe I was a sociopath because, like, I could just take compliments <laughs> and just, like, roll on the back, like, yeah, totally nothing. You know, like, I hurt, I feel nothing. I can't, can't, no one can hurt me. I'm, I'm amazing, you know. You know, King Kong has nothing on me. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I can do it, whatever. And then something hurt me. Somebody hurt me or whatever the case might be. And then that was just completely shattered. And so I've been able to try to overcome it at least externally and, you know, make sure that I give myself personal goals and hit those goals and try to make my work show for itself as much as possible. And so not being as overtly confident I think is my my path, or at least my way to like kind of. Um, I think I'm answering one of the questions. How I, kind of like how I uh, how you deal with imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like mostly just not letting external expectations get the better of me. Yes, I mean that's also we could say the same about. We're, I feel like we're kind of also scooting around the whole idea of, uh, you know, misogyny and sexism and oh, the yeah. patriarchy. And we're, we're three women. and uh, <laughs> Because the patriarchy is make us scoot it around it because we don't, we're too scared to talk about it. I mean, it kind of is. It's programmed uh, us so much that we have, like, we can't even talk about it openly within a, woman, uh, in a woman-centered uh, show. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely. I feel like probably a man actually is the one that broke my brain and told me that I wasn't good enough and um, had to work from that. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to combat that, I think, and also see, like, other guys, like, mostly men who will, you know, get a better paying job than me or get the credit more than me or whatever the case may be. It's it's hard seeing that and rectifying that. And so you think, well, you know, if I'm not as good as him, then maybe I'm doing Mm -hmm. something wrong. And, you know, no matter how hard you're working, you think that, you know, you're still not getting the results that you think that you should be getting at this point. And so that just combats with uh, what you already feel about yourself because you feel like, uh, I already feel like crap now, you know, these results have already, they're just, placating to that mm-hmm. even further so um i don't know it's it's something i deal with on a daily basis and when this when you know this came through on our you know our conversations about what we want to talk about with the show i thought this one stuck out like a sore thumb for me because it is probably my biggest 
hurdle that I'm constantly overcoming is that idea mm-hmm. of feeling like, uh, should I charge people for consulting? Should I, yes. should I, should I, you know, should I be able to put things on my Twitter bio or something like that? Or like, yes. should I update my LinkedIn? Like, yes. And like dumb <laughs> shit like that, that like, of course, dumb bitch, of course, like, of course these are things you should be doing, but like, I'm always cutting guys to myself and I never like take my own advice. I'm always so willing and openly willing to give people really good advice, I think, but I'm the last person to actually take it in that regard. Yeah, I don't know. Do um, either of you watch Grey's Anatomy? Yes. I, uh, yeah, I watched the first maybe eight seasons. So um, around November, you know, nothing was going on really, but uh, <laughs> I felt of last year of, uh, of of November 2016. You know, just a normal time in the world. It was crisp um, outside, really brisk weather. Yep, yep. <laughs> Balls uh, <laughs> in full swing. <laughs> well, and uh, there was the like my uh, my partner and I were like, we need to just turn off for a little bit. And uh, in the past year, I have now watched, I am now caught up on all three seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Damn, that's amazing. Uh, I don't know if I was. No, like, like legitimately like, impressed. Um, yeah, well, it, it was. That was me in the West Wing for the fourth time. Oh, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, yeah. I, I watch that every time that I'm sad. But, oh, um, I, so but I did a full rewatch within two and a half months. That, that man, these are which all is, great. Which was also really shows. impressive yeah. because I was also doing a review show on another show, a review <laughs> podcast on another show entirely. So yeah, um, I watch a lot of TV. The, uh, there are like so many. Oh man, the writing on Grey's Anatomy typically is like super on the nose, but sometimes there are like little gems that shine through. And I remember that, oh, yeah, women are writing this show. And there's one um, where a doctor who is, whose name I forget, but he's played by Miss, uh, Mr. Feeney. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, for the Mayo yeah, Clinic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, he's talking to Sandra Oh. And, oh, wait, Ugh, shit. The best. Wait. Yeah, Sandra Oh, Christina Christi- Yang. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking to Christina, and he's like, uh, the best surgeons and the world are going to try to make you feel small. Do not shrink to console them. Um, and our mutual friend, a- a- Amy Schwartz, um, or Amy Dracula, as she can be found on Twitter, printed, like, made a beautiful uh, screen print of that, and I just have it hanging on my wall now. I have it in my computer bag. Yeah, I just, I just, like, I was like, wow. And another thing Christina Yang said um, as she was leaving the show to her best friend Meredith was... Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she, she quotes, or she doesn't, uh, sorry, um... Christina says to Meredith, the to say she's the protagonist of the show is silly because there's a million characters, but um, she's referring to Meredith's husband, says he thinks he's the son, um, but he's not. You are. And it's like Grey's Anatomy kind of went off the rails after season three, and it was like, fuck all men. like uh, <laughs> Which are facts. Yeah. Yeah. F- fuck them and also kill them. It was like, <laughs> like, hashtag kill all men is kind of Grey's Anatomy. No, honestly, they killed like, I think, seven to eight characters male characters on the show and and they, they when when and they haven't killed any queer character or wait maybe they have no i don't think they have mm, it's just refreshing i man and that's the sort of thing <laughs> when i see things like that out in the world like this is one of the most popular television shows 
um, in America that I just ignored for years because I I don't know. Like, this That's is right. totally my demographic. I'm a basic-ass white girl, the, <laughs> the, the queer lady said. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but, hey, equality is being mediocre. It, it's like, it's allow, allowing oh, to be man. mediocre. Like, what it's fine. a good uh, agreed. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm like, oh, this is out in the world. Maybe I can try to be... I, I can't believe anyone says I want to be as good as Grey's Anatomy. I want to. Uh, I want to be Shonda Rhimes. Uh, yeah, that's a. That's a that's, Y'all do. No, yeah, like that's a good goal. Mm-hmm. Like one that's Shonda. not a, achievable, but uh, hmm. if you believe, I mean, for me. Oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think it's interesting that both of you had a lot of confidence, and then it was lost to con- along the way. Whereas, yeah, I never did, and I wonder if that's. I don't know because I'm the oldest and maybe I'm oldest too. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's in I don't I mean obviously I'm a broken sad human, mm. but uh and dark and twisty. Um <laughs> but I don't know. I I think that I if if you want to tweet at us, oh we have a Twitter, don't we? What's, we do. What what's our what's our Twitter share? At I need an adult pod. Um yeah, let us know like when you started having imposter syndrome. I really like to know that. Mm-hmm. And we can do a follow up later in the series. Yeah. I just feel like personally, okay, like I know when I started losing my confidence because like when I was in nonprofit, I had this like one boss who would like tear at me like piece by piece day by day and then I didn't even recognize how like broken I was until like my my next boss was like like building me up and like telling me like oh you're doing such a great job like these reports are great blah blah blah. and then like the boss my boss after um her like he just sung my praises all the time to like anyone who would listen and so, like, that's when I started kind of rebuilding myself, and then I switched careers. And it turns out there were a whole lot more people like my first boss. Um, so, like, almost every single boss that I've had is basically, and since I've uh, switched to, like, corporate America, has basically been my first boss tearing me down. But I've had enough. <laughs> and I'm, like, starting my own career coaching business because... I was afraid to for the last year because I was experiencing imposter syndrome and my therapist mm-hmm. was just like, just do it. Like, ju- there's nothing, there's n- nothing stopping you. You're, you have like wonderful perspective. You have a master's degree um, that's like focused in like organizational learning and corporate learning. Like you can, you can just do it. Like you can just start it and get clients and just do it and I was just like I know I know but like I just didn't have the confidence and I was struggling with depression and so like now after like my most recent work experience I was just like not today Satan you cannot have my joy (laughs) and I'm like I've finally reached the point where I feel great about being my own boss that's awesome that's amazing was there any um transit because it seems like the uh trigger was like you know satan just too (laughs) too much of that too often as well as uh your your therapist but after you quit and started your own business what was there a point was there like some transition of 
feeling like I'm not qualified to be a boss or were you right away like, oh yeah, this is of course what I'm meant to do? When I like initially started trying to build, it, <laughs> it sucked because I was like in the midst of depression. So I just couldn't get there. Like I, yeah, I just couldn't get there like mentally, emotionally. Um, and then I just started like working other corporate jobs in my field. And after just a string of nightmares, like this time around, like I, I just left a <laughs> really hellish job. Um, and so I c- kind of just told myself, like in the words of the great Beyonce, the best revenge is that paper. I might have misquoted that. <laughs> Fuck yes. Man, I, am yes. I swearing too much on this podcast? No, <laughs> no. Not. no. Absolutely. Fuck exactly. that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> but like just straight up, like I I think that like since I've reached this point and also with the help of like my, my therapist um, and adjustment of my meds, I have reached this point where I'm just like, I'm going to show all of you bitches who I am, who you try to come for, and eventually one day own your asses. Yes, I'm about that. That's wonderful. Um, I like to quote Heaven Nagatu from Another Round. Mm -hmm. She did this wonderful, wonderful talk at XOXO Fest last year. Yes. It was honestly one of the highlights of the, the weekend for sure. But she talked about imposter syndrome I think honestly, the whole talk is about imposter syndrome, and she in in regards to um, her feelings about Kanye West mm-hmm. and what Kanye West taught her, and her quote was, "Imposter syndrome is real, but you are the realist." <laughs> mm-hmm. And meaning that, like, yeah, it exists, but you are better than that, right. and you can overcome it. You know, it's it sucks, it's there, and you can manage it, but don't let it become you. And, and I think I think about that quote a lot, actually, about when I'm feeling my lowest or feeling like overwhelmed or feeling like I should not have. I should not be doing this on my own or I should not be the, the boss of myself or whatever these silly notions are. I think about imposter syndrome and how it is not real it is it is real but it's not it's something that it's a, it's a figment of your imagination it's something that someone told you once and you've inceptioned yourself mm-hmm. to the point where like <laughs> you can't not think about it and it's not it's not the master of your you know of your life it can you can overcome it you can shut it down and it's fine and at the end of the day you know you are what you create and i think with with imposter syndrome, I don't want to create this negative energy. I want to continue making positive work and make positive decisions. And I think the best, the best, most positive decision I can make is ignoring it. So that's what I try to do when I'm feeling overwhelmed by imposter syndrome. Kat has kind of just like awakened this feeling in me. Like, uh, because it's again, it's like I Beyonce, uh, mm-hmm. the the Beyonce, and it's like I can't, I can't even like Virgo season. Feel, We're in Virgo season right now. <laughs> you're thriving. Oh God, you're oh man, Virgos. You are Virgo as well. I am indeed. Um, yes, but like you know what? How I'm going to see it, it like, succeed? Like why? we're we're in a capitalist society let's just make a ton more money than these horrible terrible people who are bad at their jobs who and and 
Fuck that. I'm man, I'm on a big swearing kick today. Like like we're taught that money doesn't buy happiness. Mm -hmm. Like statistically, money buys happiness. In the US, if you're making about seventy five thousand dollars a year, that's kind of the cap. Like above that you're probably not that much happier but like if i if it, 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 it like i did this this uh patreon recently and i'm like oh i can like buy a new iphone you know how fucking happy that makes me which is totally and, and also i can pay for rent and feed my cats <laughs> and like this is the like you know giant asterisk of like i have a ton of privilege um but like this one thing a year makes me very very happy the new the new iphone was announced today you guys did you know did you know yes, yes. Was I, I don't want to get my face picture to that. oh right. that's well, that's, that's the whole yeah that's but, a whole other thing but that, well and, and that's another thing about like being an adult is like yeah money is important money is how like there's the old adage you don't think about money unless you don't have any well it's it's fucking true because I, it <sighs> Man, yeah, I've gotten myself into a tizzy. <laughs> <laughs> but to uh, cap on that, though, um, how really with like money, I think imposter syndrome has so much to do with money, so much mm-hmm. to do with money. Exactly, not, exactly. Yeah. Not uh. because like you are, you feel like you're an imposter because you're mm-hmm. making a certain amount of money, and you're you know feeling like I'm not worth this amount of money, or you feel like you know you are an imposter because you're not making a certain amount of money too because i feel like that yep. because i feel like there it is goes both ways yeah both, well both ways like uh my like you know you're thinking you know i'm doing this thing doing this project i'm not making a lot of money for it but like you know how can i feel so privileged doing this project that i'm making not making money for from it you know and feel like this privilege of having time to make this project that's a right. certain type of imposter syndrome Ex- yeah for because sure. that's because that is like right on the head with me and my like and I a lot of feeds out with my imposter syndrome and then the other side of it you're making and i've been on both sides of this coin where you're making a shit ton of money at a certain age you know albeit under 25 and you feel like oh cool i'm making more money than my parents did at my age mm-hmm. what the hell do i what what gives me that right mm-hmm. and um Going off that, um, one of the questions we had was like, did our parents feel this way about yeah. imposter syndrome? Um, I don't think so. And I think it's because um, we live in a society that archives everything. And mm-hmm. so every accomplishment that we've ever done is stored somewhere and easily accessible. Whereas I feel our parents, they, they weren't as introspective as we were, or at least not on paper. Yeah, I'm going to disagree a little okay. in that I think me. it it Oh man, I'm not going to like throw down. Ah. Challenge um, me. Come at me, bro. No, I I think that um I'm going to say that I think um men of previous generations were a lot less introspective, but like women always knew. Like women um and and again, we are I am talking very broad strokes right now. Um but you know, women knew, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, and it was more so then, but like, yeah, seven, seven cents on, uh, 70 cents on the dollar. Yep. Yep. Uh, definitely. So am I just not worth it? Am I not good enough? Um, but also if you spoke up, it was like, ah, these are just your womanly emotions. This is just hysteria. Uh, I've been watching a lot of BoJack Horseman and no spoilers, but that sure is, that sure is the theme. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I agree on that point for sure. I think when I was talking about like archiving, I think 
with the older generation, specifically women, they honestly didn't have the time to be so introspective because we're constantly fighting to get ahead. Right, right. And I think totally. And I think like slowing down was a, a sense of weakness and kind of like taking mm-hmm, like you know mm-hmm. perspective and like you know like wait a minute what am I doing here they needed to get ahead because you know the man was so far ahead of them already mm-hmm. they didn't have time to look back right I'm gonna put a bit of a historical perspective Ooh, on this please yes do. please <laughs> I so I was thinking about the way that work was structured in the previous two generations and in the last two generations, we've moved past the more manufactured, like all of the jobs being in manufacturing, um, mm-hmm. which like has resulted to a decline in many cities. Uh, don't forget, Flint still doesn't have clean water. Um, yep, since 2014. Right. Oh, God. So um, I think that like the mentality shifted that college is the way to like corporate success so like in the Mm. 80s where so like in the 80s my mom was uh, around my mom's like in her 20s um and so she i she put in the lessons that like that gordon gecko right um greed Mm -hmm. is good like make as much money as possible you can only do this by going to college first and so like as we start as that becomes like our mentality um i think that we have expectations that we got from our parents that, well, we did everything right. Where's the, where's all the money we were promised? And then, and then just like, then the just typical self, self-doubt of like life or maybe I'm not making the money that I thought I'd be making because I'm horrible and everyone hates me and I suck at work and no one would like want to hire me. So I think that like, it's partly the way that work has transformed and the ideals and Mm -hmm. the definitions of success um, has really created the environment for imposter syndrome to flourish. Can I ask, um, did your, did all your, y'all parents go to college? Yes. Yes. My dad has a bachelor's and a master's. My mother has a bachelor's, two masters, and all but the dissertation for a PhD. Oh. She's super educated. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah, and my and then yeah. So it was definitely like on the horizon yeah. for me. Because my dad got the GI Bill, that's how he got through college. Oh, yeah. Nice. Both of my parents have masters and an added layer to that is my father. Um, is an immigrant, was an immigrant, and uh, <laughs> anyone with immigrant parents out there, you know, <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah. work hard, work hard. How, how's, how are you doing math and science? Why are you playing baseball? Play soccer. That's a better sport. Math <laughs> and science, math and science. So, like, that was, like, my relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, him having a master's on top of, like, immigrating from a – poor West African nation, um, it, it just, it was an added layer of yeah. pressure. <laughs> I, my, my dad, um, is an engineer actually, uh, but my mom never went to college and she, she had the privilege and opportunity to, but she was offered a job right out of college and she was like no like i i want to already high school or college sorry 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 right out of high school um and so and much to my grandparents dismay uh and and they didn't go to college but that that was fairly normal for polish folks um Mm -hmm. around that time and they 
they were just like horrified but my mom already saw that like okay even if I go into these these fields like these men are going to be ahead of me so why don't I just start off now um and she was working like in um I don't god not like car sales but she was I don't know she was like a per I I don't know she was a business lady um (laughs) How about that bit? <laughs> yeah, but but then my dad uh, actually left engineering to come work for my grandpa on my mom's side uh, because, and it, actually, my mom ended up. We have a family meatpacking business. You know, uh, the jungle that book. We, we that's that's them. Um, and so he, nice. yeah, he at at the time it was just like he could make way more money, but there was you could almost tell like he was or sort of ashamed because he was leaving this white collar job for sort of like this blue collar job. Um, even though he had way more time for his family, it was making way more money. But it's like, oh yeah, you don't have. Like, he didn't have the corner office anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, he did, but it was in a meatpacking factory <laughs> and not. So I'm, I'm I, I don't know. I think maybe that, that's been ingrained. The, the thought from my mom has been ingrained of, like, well, uh, yeah, I spent so much time in school. Um, I mean, not relatively, but, you know, I took a uh, fucking calling them gap years. Ugh. But mm-hmm. like I, I was in art school and like, that's, that's not a moneymaker. Um, and it, it's not that they've ingrained like, Oh, make as much money as possible, but more of like, yes, uh, survive. I don't know. Yeah. And what an uplifting episode. No, yeah, <laughs> I, no, but yeah, I, and I just, oh gosh. Cause like as much as I've been educated or whatever, I always feel so upset when, um, I don't know. I think imposter syndrome too can be affected by people who don't necessarily have degrees and are doing really well for themselves. Yes. Especially in the Valley. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got people who don't have master who don't have bachelor's degrees who just basically not even like they have like a couple of college classes, but then they went out and started doing Mm -hmm. their work and if they're making crazy amounts of money and they're doing really well for themselves, but they don't have this piece of paper that has so much, weight behind it mm-hmm. and that imposter syndrome confessing herself and i wasn't necessarily talking about the valley even just about anybody because like you don't necessarily have to have like I mean, you do have should have a degree mm-hmm. go get educated if you can or find a way to get a degree seriously but if you can but if you don't have those papers you don't have a degree you don't have a bachelor's or a master's or whatever the fuck but you are doing well for yourself there is a type of imposter syndrome where you're like i don't no, I deserve what I'm getting because the people who did get degrees aren't doing as well as I am. I don't know. You know, have I ever told you the story about my degree? Like my, my literal piece of paper? No, I never got it. Uh, I still don't have my diploma. Uh, so I could be lying. Like I, I graduated. (laughs) I have a pdf of the diploma (laughs) but like i could be lying and uh they keep i went to columbia college chicago the other columbia as we like to call it um and yeah uh oh that's that's (laughs) the sentiment oh no (laughs) but they keep moving the registrars off registrar the the diploma people's office (laughs) and they're like oh it's a 25 dollar fee and i'm like okay i'll pay it they're like oh actually because you've waited so long it's a $50 $50 fee and mm. I'm like oh gosh uh, and so I just emailed somebody like all right it's $150 if you want 
us to mail it to you. Jesus <laughs> and and when you what graduate, yeah, they give you a folder. <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, can you just keep the folder? And she's like, I no, I want a diploma. And so I'm still on a quest now. I was like, all right, I'll pay the $150. Like, actually, we're changing our policy. We'll get back to you. So I could be lying. I don't have a piece of paper to show my boss. <laughs> like, oh, mm. it's weird. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I think there's all different types of forms of imposter syndrome, albeit if it's coming from work-related things or professional or even relationship imposter syndrome. You want to talk about that? Oh, oh, interesting. I don't even. I, I mean, yes, thing. because I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, like impo- relationship imposter syndrome. So, like, because I feel like there, I think work is the, the the de facto of imposter syndrome. But I feel like for sure. But I think relationships also are imposting maybe maybe if you're in a quote-unquote successful relationship on the outside but not necessarily on the inside and you're perpetuating you know some sort of you know outlook like yeah i'm doing really great but then you have some shit you need to work on your relationship because i've been on that side too where like you guys seem like you're doing so great blah 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 you're like yeah totally but like you know you hate your partner or you or hate certain things about them (laughs) that needs to be like conflict and be discussed and i think that is something we can i don't know does anybody have any kind of besides me i guess i'm the only one who has this relationship but anyway so uh, well yeah that that's interesting because I was thinking, I mean, I have felt that way in friendships before, yeah. but because I'm queer as fuck, it's like <laughs> I, I couldn't put on that facade from the beginning anyway, right. you know? So it's sort of like, meh. Like, that's not to say that I've, I've always felt super confident and um, assured in my relation relationships. Um, but I like to think that I have a healthy one now as I'm married. Um, but it's, but uh, yeah, you're right. Like it's, it's like, Oh uh, yeah. Perfect married life. Oh wait, they're the gays. Um, so it's <laughs> no, ma- no matter what we could have two, we could have uh, two and a half kids and a picket fence and a dog. And it's still like not projecting um, what most people want to see. So um, I guess I don't feel like an imposter because I'm not trying to be a certain way in my relationship, I guess. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I think it's more or less just like for show. I think with imposter syndrome, you feel like... I, I mean, I that's the thing. I have nothing to... Sh- everything I have to show is like, eh, ugh, people are uncomfortable. <laughs> so, yeah, I think with being in a queer relationship and a lesbian relationship... Um, there it's you are less inclined to feel like you are perpetuating some kind of you know outlook i worry that um well this is actually a thing in the queer community of um like it it it's seen as relatively heteronormative to get married actually oh, yeah for sure um and th- and that's one thing that like my partner and i grappled with uh and then we were like, actually, it's way easier for us to be married. Taxes mm-hmm. uh, and, health and health insurance. <laughs> what are we even thinking about? Uh, this is silly. Um, but I had a lot of people be like, you are playing into the system. I'm like, well, yes, but that's how like we literally survived. Like, right. So, yeah, I guess that is like sometimes I'm like, I, I'm not actually i'm not living up to the standards of my community or i'm i'm taking uh i'm, I'm not recognizing my privilege and that i can um like we're two white people who did get married you know what i mean so i guess yeah i got yeah you know what i am on the side of imposter syndrome with relationships 
cool. I, I'm sorry I like, you know, broke your brain. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that, uh, <laughs> no, no, I've got that. No. I got two bosses right yeah. here. <laughs> Let's uncover all of our demons right now. <laughs> it's going to be an ongoing series. <laughs> <laughs> the demon update. <laughs> <laughs> what devil dogs are chasing you today? <laughs> So uh, to wrap this up, though, I think I want to go back to um, the question that said, how do we deal with it? So um, around the table, how do we deal with our imposter syndromes, albeit professional or relationship or personal? Therapy. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say a big part of it is recognizing how much is negative self-talk in for example, the current uh, season of BoJack Horseman, there's a great, yep, yep um, called Piece of Shit. It gets super real. Um, <laughs> if you have, it's um, so incredible. Yeah, Holy shit, yeah, it's a great episode. And it's it's good to recognize. Um, I, I I took this phrase from um, our friends over at the podcast Friendshipping. I am not a doctor, but I've seen many of them. Um, <laughs> and it's like, okay, what of this is your bad habits that have um that that you've learned and what if what is your brain being sick um and like how okay so do you need some help um whether it be therapy or medication um and i think that's a really important distinction um people are very hesitant to get help and hopefully we're going to talk more about the stigmas around that um so i guess that's that's one thing is at least now i'm able to recognize that sometimes my brain most never mind not sometimes most of the time my brain is being irrational and I can kind of cope with that even if I don't fully conquer that imposter syndrome um I would I have like one more thing to say you should listen to someone that you trust so like your best friend your mom whoever that like one person in your life that you trust their opinion have them like tell you how they feel about you or like express this to them and and have them tell you like no you're actually like really awesome like look at these accomplishments I'm super proud of you and just have that person in your life who can be that positive force when you can't be that for yourself yeah I totally relate to that and that was kind of where I was going to go as well but I also this might sound kind of superficial but look in the mirror and then pick the thing that you like the most about yourself and just focus it on that for a little bit and just like try to take apart, not take apart, but like hone in on things that you like about yourself and build that up and then slowly build the rest of you up. I, t- I tend to do that sometimes when I'm feeling like really overwhelmed or when I'm like in the middle of a panic attack, I will like mm-hmm. look around, close my eyes and then open them and then say out loud the things I see. Like I like my eyes. I like my nose. I like my lips and just like, moving further and further away into the rest of my body and just trying to love myself in that moment. So imposter syndrome is trying to ignore that is as a part of self care and self love. And, you know, you are the realist, you are, you know, (laughs) worth whatever you are, you know, even, and you feel like you're not getting enough either. Like you are enough. So, um, yeah, that's how I get over just reminding myself that I am enough and that I am worthy. That's amazing. Can we end this episode by each of us saying one thing we are proud of ourselves for? 
Sure. Nose goes. Not it. Ah. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> Fine. Um, I am proud of accomplishing on a Tuesday, Tuesday this week, I've done three projects so far, finished three projects so far for the week accomplishments already on Tuesday. So I'm super proud of that. And I was able to send out three invoices today. So nice. hopefully at some time at a later date, I will get paid. <laughs> but um, yeah, so happy about that. Not it anymore. <laughs> this goes. Guess here. Um, I am really proud that I can finally say, fuck this bullshit. I don't need yeah. a mean boss telling me how much she hates me anymore. Oh, fuck I don't know you, but I don't like you. Yeah. I'm oh. middle fingering you audibly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just, and just being like, I have finally building myself, being able to like build myself up back to the point where almost like where I was in college where I, you know, walk down the street thinking I'm the shit. So Facts. I think, Give me mm-hmm. uh, give me a few more months. I might get there. Excellent. Yeah. What about you, Alex? Um, I am proud of the studio we are in right now because I've never worked harder on anything in my entire life. Um, oh, I guess people don't know where we are. We record out of this studio in the Cards Against Humanity office where I work. Um, and I advocated for a, a bigger, better studio because I thought we needed one and that our community deserved better resources. And we had them and it was just sitting there. And uh, we built this thing and I'm really proud of it. Um, and also accepting that this is a good thing that I did. I'm slowly, slowly owning like, yeah, this is this is an important thing that I did. Mm-hmm. Dope. So on that note, thanks so much, Cards Against Humanity, for their equipment and facilities. Want to give a huge shout-out to Post Loudness, a collective independent audio shows hosted by people of color, women, and queer-identified hosts. You learn more about them at postloudness.com. Want to give a shout-out to Alex and Kat Aww. for being great co-hosts. Aww. Thanks. Yeah. Same to you. Thank we you. have new artwork, which uh, isn't new to you, but it's new to us because we are recording this episode um, a little bit later, and we got amazing artwork by Claire Friedman, um, and you can find her at ClaireClaireClaire.com, and we'll put that in show notes, but she's absolutely amazing, and you should hire her for all of your design, illustration, or spreadsheet needs. <laughs> This episode was, was edited by Catherine Thornton and myself. And you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Podcasts, wherever you find. Yeah, wherever you find podcasting. And we'll be back next week. But until then, don't forget, take your vitamins. Loudness. Audio.